Hey, what's up? How are you? Hey, cool. I can see you. I can hear you. I'm sorry about my video. Video sucks, but hey, you know, I usually don't do video on this thing. No worries. So you're you're in LA? I am. Nice. How's it going? <laughs> Pretty good. Sick, sick. I'm in uh Knoxville, Tennessee here. Um used to live in LA. Used to try and do the the LA musician thing, but uh lived out of my where? car for most of it. Yeah. Yeah. Where I was gonna say where were you located in LA, but sounds like your car. Well, yeah, but West LA for the most part. I mean, I, I couch surfed, I had friends, I was I was able to do like a what you call it, like a fuck for shelter kind of situation. Did that a couple of times. Yeah, you, you ever you ever have to do one of those? Uh, I never got to do one of those. I, I recommend it. You should do it before you die. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. So, uh, I'm I'm terrible at introductions, but Owen Hamlin, you are an indie musician. Do you you identify as a West Coast musician? Devoutly West Coast. That right? Yeah. No. That that quote uh, came from a music magazine, and I just kind of took it. Um, I don't. I don't like necessarily sort of say that I'm particularly, uh, you know, West Coast or anything. Mm. Um, so, so no, I, I wouldn't say that I identify as a West Coast musician, but I can, that's definitely a fair, fair question based on that quote. Yeah, your, uh, your link tree was pretty, pretty impressive. It's like when you click the news and press, it takes you to like a three page google doc of everything that anyone's ever written about you it's a, it's a lot of google docs i mean that's a lot of links thanks no uh you know you you, you do what you can to be honest the whole like um uh online as far as like people uh finding your music and coming into you know your your orbit as as an artist discovering you through music magazines i'm not so sure that that is um happening so much i think um you know I, i'm not sure how valuable it, it is uh to have um you know like music blogs write about you but um you know that was one of the areas that i thought i could uh get out and and kind of try and uh do marketing for so definitely definitely glad that i at least got some some press attention but again i don't know that it's really um done all that much for me so yeah i, I totally get you especially with like publications like louder milk and stuff like that where they don't really pay their writers so they're kind of like you know they're going to write about what they want to write about and they're going to take whatever angle they kind of want it's pretty much out of the artist's hands so you don't mm -hmm. have much you, you can only do what you're going to do and deal with the motivation of them uh so was that like so you're like completely independent right you're like a total indie guy um so yeah so as you're saying that they can take their own angles um that was kind of uh, reminded me of this this one music blog that um, did a article on my my last uh, single with a music video, and they were sort of saying like um, they were sort of saying like you know th it was the worst review I got, 
like they they said they liked it enough to write a review about it but then in the review it was like you know they were sort of saying like uh you know uh well most most oddly was um they said i was an advocate for mental health and the music had nothing to do with that so i'm really not sure where that came from uh so i kind of brought that up to a couple of you know guys that i was rehearsing with or you know working with and they're just sort of like you know it was just it made sense to everyone like that that didn't make sense so you get some of that um or at least that was my first one but and then what was right what was the other part of that question oh god you're completely independent (laughs) oh yeah uh so i did have a deal with a independent record label based in italy um for my first album how'd that come about just curious uh it came about through trying to find different labels um that you know accepted submissions um sort of and my reasoning was you know you hear about uh all of your heroes or in my case all of my heroes um you know, having record deals. And that's kind of like a a pivotal point in their career. Um, However, um, you know, in our music industry, it's kind of the, the record label is kind of, it's a different music industry than it was years ago. So as far as, you know, record deal, meaning what it used to mean, you know, uh, it doesn't really, doesn't really mean that. So, um, kind of learned that lesson maybe the hard way yeah i mean the first thing that i'm thinking about is i'm also an indie musician and i uh right now have just decided like like you said realizing we don't live in the world of the beatles anymore shit we don't even live in the world of pearl jam anymore and pearl jam was probably one of the more successful of the like f the record label bands but like yeah Recently, with with my band, I uh, I had this gig booked, and everybody in my band like bailed two weeks before, and then so I had to form a new band to because I wasn't going to cancel the date. So I formed a new band. We have one rehearsal. They canceled four days before the show. I had to get so I ended up just like four days before coming up with a completely different band. No rehearsal. We pulled the show off, but we didn't pull in the crowd, and that was like sort of the shitty part because like. The other people in the band, my band, also pull people in. So we could turn your crowd from 20 people to like, I don't know, 60, 70 on a Thursday night. But that's what matters to the bar owners. Like, that's what's going to get me in right. there. This this isn't about the quality of my work anymore. This is about, can we make these numbers? And same thing with record labels. Right. Can I sell these numbers? Is do, is this thriller? Probably not. It's probably not. Well, yeah, that's with the major record labels who unfortunately have bought out all the indie record labels that were worth you know anything and um so now you've got like a few kind of like at least from what i can tell you've got a few of these uh indie indie record labels that are kind of just you know what are they good for because like you're laying out which is absolutely correct it's you know uh you know at the end of the day, you know, we love music and that's why we do it. But there's, there's just, you know, a cold, hard business going on underneath it, which is we don't really care about the music. How many people can you bring to the bar? 
you know, how many followers do you have on uh, TikTok? And um, that's that's the, that's the cold hard interest of the business. And um, you know, it sounds like we kind of have a similar uh, a similar kind of mindset about this. It's like, you know, where does that leave us now? It's terrible. It's terrible. I mean, you know, it's just it's just getting worse. And it seems like seems like, you know, maybe in the 90s or maybe in the, you know, the 80s, there was definitely bad stuff. You can talk to people that were alive then and they'll sort of say, you know, there was bad stuff then, too. But, um, you know, I don't think it's ever been as bad as it is for our generation as far as like the arts, um, for example, Indiana Jones or Star Wars, even, you know, the new Indiana Jones, I just saw it and a huge Indiana Jones fan. Love it. You know, absolutely love Indiana Jones and saw the new one. And it's just like, you know, it's, they're relying completely on the studio, huge multi-million dollar budget CGI. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, the story is lacking anything. And it's just like, we're going to, we're going to go with the trend, which is we're going to have a strong female character and we're going to kind of emasculate Indiana Jones. And, you know, it's just the same garbage. Um, and it's just like that in the music industry, too. Let's throw money at it and, you know, <laughs> hire stuff based on TikTok views, sign people based off of TikTok views. And this is what we get. So it's it's a shitty time to be alive as a as an artist and as people who consume culture. Yeah, well you you're living in it. You know, you're living like dead in the center of like the disintegration of it all where like it's just who's the hot topic this week? What's trending this week? Uh funny story, I actually saw Harrison Ford at a camping store on uh, I think it's on like Pico and Sepulveda, <laughs> funny enough. But yeah, he's, a, he's a, I don't, I'm not a fanboy by any means. So like the two years I lived out there, like I saw all kinds of celebrities and just like, it didn't really phase me, but that one was just like, I remember him being really tall. And then the lady at the checkout kind of be like, Holy shit, that's Harrison Ford. And I was like, <laughs> no way. <laughs> but yeah, I feel you. So like, see for me moving to a smaller town, like Knoxville, not, not knocking this town at all. But, like, it's really easy to find a niche. It's really easy because, like, everybody here plays the same bar songs or they're playing bluegrass or, like, you know, it's pretty typical. Dolly Parton, whatever you would stereotype Tennessee as, that's kind of what it is here. So, like, if you have something that's a little bit different, you can kind of corner that market and find out and do that research. But for you, everything's already pretty full. What's that like as an artist, like, trying to navigate, like, finding your crowd and like getting that to work with you. And like, I'm sure most of your crowd doesn't use certain social medias and uses some over others, blah, blah, blah. It's the same. It's the same thing. Same challenges that you're having. It's the cold, hard business. How many people can you bring to the venue? If you want, if you want to play a gig that that's, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can get, I can get clicks. I can get likes, but that's not people who are actually going to show up and like, 20,000 bot followers aren't going to actually be the guys buying your albums. So you got that. Going and that too. Right. And then, and then the clicks of the views, all that bullshit that if you want to actually get um, a major label behind you, which is kind of what you need. If you want to start to be on a bigger scale, you know, you need, um, 
to show those numbers on the internet. And how do you get those numbers on the internet? I mean, you know, it's the girl with the the, the big breasts, you know, playing playing get like a fucking Metallica solo that's got a million views. And, you know, come on. <laughs> it's just it's clickbait, clickbait, you know, small attention span, garbage culture and you know we're all responsible for it like i'm gonna click on that video too but (laughs) it's just you know the way that the internet has affected the music industry is based on what i see and where we're at it's just it's terrible i don't know i don't know you know hopefully they say it's cyclical and you know so it will go it will recover in a way kind of a thing we'll see but this is what i'm picking up ai is doing vocal impressions of things now so uh yeah we'll we'll see uh on a more positive note how do you stay motivated because wait do you have a day job or are you like a full-time singer songwriter guy no i'm a full-time uh seven days a week critically unacclaimed musician critically unacclaimed but but you're full-time seven days a week in LA. That's, that's awesome. And you're not sleeping under a fridge. That's even like, cause that was my move. I was going to say, just like buy a house, rent every space you can put your fridge on a platform, cut out like a little hole. So you could sleep under 200 a month, you know, get, get like really every dollar you can out of a house. If you, if you stretch it, but yeah. So how do you stay motivated? How, what, what keeps you going? Well, you know, like I said, um, and I assume that it's probably why, why you, to play music and and continue to play music is a genuine enjoyment in doing it. Yeah, uh, there's also a bit of I can't not like I've when I I worked for the National Park Service for a little bit and I moved to San Diego to do that. And in those six months, I did nothing musical, but I still found myself like finding a guitar, bringing it out on pitches with me, and like playing it, and still finding some way to keep at it and keep doing it. And so I was like, I realized, okay, uh, this is what I'm going to do, whether I'm getting paid or not, might as well get paid to do it. And then it's been kind of upwards from there. Well, and, and, you know, you wouldn't have brought your acoustic guitar unless you wanted to do it kind of a thing, you know, maybe, maybe, I mean, I don't know, but sounds like you enjoy doing it. So you do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm not really an acoustic guy. And that was another thing. Like when I was in LA, I was like super out of whack because I was like trying to do the singer songwriter thing. And that's not me at all. I I finally got it down and it's in my back pocket. If somebody puts a gun to my head and goes, hey, sing Neil Young. But like (laughs) I'm back on track with like what I do. I'm more of a I'm more what you call it jazz guitarist, which, you know, sounds pretentious as hell, but it means I, I play random notes and sometimes I, I, I make them sound good. That's like how that works. So how did you start, by the way? What When did you start playing guitar? When did you start being a musician? What was that like? Your origin story, I guess. Um, Kind of like most young guys, you see guitars and you're kind of mystified by them. Mm. Um, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, growing up with guitar hero or, um, that helped exactly where I first saw it. Um, but yeah, just kind of something about about guitars. Um, I think I did definitely like music, hearing it, some music more than others. Um, 
pop music, but pop music via rock music, rock music being guitar uh, focused music. Um, and then, um, you know, finally got a guitar and uh, started kind of figuring it out naturally and then enjoyed doing it. So kept doing it more and more and uh, kind of along the way started writing my own things and um, yeah, just nice. a natural progression. Nice. I, uh, I went, I don't know, like a year or two without TV when I was like in fifth grade and yeah, guitar hero was around and I was tired of reading books and like the classics I think are just a way to nicer word for boring. Cause a lot, I mean, some of them are cool, but 20,000 leagues under the sea can stay there. I, I boring. So I picked up the guitar instead because I couldn't pick up another freaking book and I just didn't put it down. And then I did all the wrong things over the years. And then finally, you know, somebody was like, Hey, you suck. I'm like, Oh, well, that's not nice, but I did suck. And I, I had to like unlearn all the other things that I was doing. And then like for years, I've been either the bass player or the drummer in a band, but now I'm finally the guitar player and I'm finally like buying pedal boards and doing all the things that like would make me groan. <laughs> like I used to be like, oh God, I don't want to hear about your Fender clone. I don't even know what that is. But now, now yeah. I'm getting into it. Are you a big, uh, are you a big gear guy? Same as you where I was kind of sort of like could not care less about pedals. And then, and then at a certain point it was like, um, well, I was doing some recording and I have this uh, great amplifier, uh, vintage Fender Deluxe Reverb, which is, you know, a completely holy grail of an object. Um, and But it's a great clean sounding amp. And so I was doing, I was about to go into, you know, producing my first record. And so I had a need for pedals because... I was sure as hell not doing DI, especially not with this great amp. So then I went down the rabbit hole of pedals and it's, it's the way I look at it. Well, Keith Richards says, which I think is a great way to think about it. You know, you want the musical equipment to be like tools, not toys. So I genuinely needed them as tools. And that's kind of what started my pedals. That's good. But then you go down the rabbit hole and it's like, then you kind of get lost and like, is the pedal playing it or am I playing it? And then you kind of go, I need another pedal. I need the more pedals, more, more playing. But then you kind of have to find that balance of like, you know, I'm playing it. The pedal is the tool and just kind of, you know, uh, finding, finding those, those sounds that are your go-tos. And, and then I think they're really helpful. Um, if you know, just helpful to have a big palette of sounds that you can experiment with. Um, or especially if you know, you need a certain kind of thing. Good. I would also call it the rabbit hole of pedals. It, it is. It's very, yeah. Like, yeah. It sucks you in. It's I was like on the precipice and now I'm like, Oh God, I can't stop. Uh, so just curious. <laughs> so do you have help with all the like, separate channels of things that you're doing or are you fully like are you the guy that books your own gigs and then you're also uh what you call it doing all your social media and then also you know 
showing up to the things and playing and writing and performing and stuff? Is it all you or do do you have a team? It's all me. Yeah. I'm not a huge social media guy by any means. Um, so, you know, that's not too much of a, too much of a thing, but yeah, I'm organizing it all. And whatever's there is kind of a, a product of my output. Which is which I think there's an integrity to, you know, but uh, an integrity that, you know, hopefully more people can see. And so how do you do that? But, um, you know, it is what it is. It, cutting through the noise is what's so hard is when you're just doing it by yourself. You're not having that like somebody pushing it so you can always get those numbers up every day and stuff. So, so you're not like with the album you just released, right? Like, are you waiting until you hit a certain number before you release another one? Or are you just going to release another one when you feel like it? What's, what's that like? So I just started by doing it. I, I think my first single came out about two years ago now, just over two years ago, which is kind of hard to believe, but um, I had a mu- music video for it. And then a song that was going to be, the album was finished being recorded. And it was like, well, instead of just releasing the album all at once, uh, you know, the whole releasing one at a time seemed like a good idea. Um, And then then it was like, you know, I've got the first song, the first, the the music's already recorded, but a lot of it had to do with the music videos. so it was like because those take a lot of time to kind of get everything together for that. I and I I should say I did not you know that's not all me. I didn't like a lot of those. I I mean I I played a part in it, but it was not like um, I did not create the whole thing. So um, a big so ba- I guess my concept as far as like releasing is like one single at a time. I finish the records kind of way ahead of the game because I can control all that. And then the the big logistical factors, figuring out the music videos, or at least it has been to this point. Um, and then I'll do single with a music video and then try and keep it within like a two month period, I think is a good amount of time for people to have the first single um, with the video and then, and then, you know, let a month go by and then do another one. Um, so so with my current album i just released a single on may 23rd with a video and um i've got another one coming on the 23rd of this month uh july will be the second single off of my what will be my second album that's kind of how i do it exciting stuff uh what so what's like What's like your vision for your music career? Where do you want to see, where do you want to end up? Hopefully by the end of your journey, have you thought about it? Oh yeah. If I think about it all the time, uh, I mean, of course you you don't, you don't pick up a guitar as a kid and, and just picture yourself playing in your bedroom. Uh, you definitely kind of have every kid, you know, sort of, sits there with the guitar and it's like, you know, you kind of envision this giant stadium and, um, you know, so I would love to be able to play like, you know, a big festival, uh, at least once in my life. Um, 
to, you know, fulfill that desire that I think every kid has. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I just love to be able to play music live, um, you know, hopefully to people that are interested. Um, and if they're not interested, all I ask is that they're maybe not drunk, sort of like falling asleep at a bar stool kind of a thing. And I'd love to be able to travel around and do it, you know? And, um, yeah. Um, and it would, it would be great to, to do it on a, on a, on a big, on a big level. I, I'm still at the, uh, as long as the bills get paid and I'm not working a real job, I'm happy. I mean, I, I will admit I teach sure. during the day, but I am teaching music. Uh -huh. So that does make me at least like, that gives me some sort of fulfillment for, for the meantime. I, I've taken some weird gigs though. Like what's the weirdest gig you've ever taken? Like just weird, like not, not normal. Like where I'm actually performing kind of thing. Yeah. Performing in a very unconventional setting. Um, hmm. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you've done a few, so why don't you go first? Maybe that'll bring something to mind. Well, July 29th, I booked a gig at the, uh, the Tennessee testicle festival, which I didn't even know that was a real fucking thing. I like the first one started in Illinois and I Googled it and then I was like, shit, is there a Tennessee one? Oh, there is. I'm like, Oh, who's their person? And then like, I get a call back. Um, so I got that coming up, but I'd say, let's see, weirdest, weirdest, weirdest. Played at a Sitgo <laughs> once. That was pretty weird. Like I just, my friend was the manager, and he's like, "Hey, it's pretty dead. You wanna, you want your band to come play at the Sitgo?" <laughs> I was like, Fuck, "I don't care." Um, let's see. There's, there's one more that's like in my mind that's like super weird. Uh. It was at some like some hemp festival that nobody showed up to because it was raining. And I packed like, I don't know, six people, a drum set, like a full band's equipment into a Prius. And like there was one dude like just literally sitting on three people's laps. That was pretty weird. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll call that one. I'll call that one for the weirdest. Unless this testicle festival is just completely mind blowing. And that'll be weird. That'll be weird. I wouldn't worry about that. That's definitely going to break your record. <laughs> Always got to outdo myself. That's that's the that's the main goal. Um, that's it. But yeah, no, you haven't had anybody's party or anything that was just like, I don't know, Freemason event. Freemason events are pretty weird. I've never played one, but... I don't know that I've had anything that's like particularly weird. I definitely have some like, you know, funny stories of stuff that's happened um playing um one time in uh so this would have been last september i was playing this gig at a um a bar in long beach which is a little south of uh los angeles um and the bar is like they specialize in cider um so i was like that's kind of a i like apple cider a lot uh that's probably pretty cool Al alcoholic apple cider that that would be a good place to play and i saw they did live music so that was basically my thinking on why i booked the gig and um so you know we're playing and it's 
the, it's kind of an older crowd and they're not too interested. And, you know, we get through our set and they, you know, we're playing, we're playing great. Um, and, but the, they kind of want us to turn down a little bit and but they always do. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. And it's always the guitar amp too. Like the drums are always, it always like the drums are always loud. And then your, your guitar is like, you know, at that level where hopefully you're kind of audible at that point with the drums. And they're like, yeah, turn down the guitar amp. And then you just got loud ass drums. Oh. Anyway, but so so we're playing and we get through all of all of our set and they kind of want us to keep playing and it's kind of a dead night. So I don't really want to keep playing, but I'm like, all right. So I'm playing the last song and it's uh, I, I'm not really a cover guy. You know, that's just there are plenty of people that do that. I've got original songs and, you know, I like to play. I definitely like to play other people's songs, but um you know, I kind of, for me, it's like, I'm just, it's better for me to play my own songs. Um, so anyway, this is the last song though. I'm doing Hound Dog, Elvis Presley. And it's, you know, on this end. So, you know, you ain't nothing but a hound dog, just fucking you know, getting it out there. And there's a little anger, a little resentment, like I'm playing here. These people don't really give a shit. And, you know, I so, you know, maybe on some kind of level like that, what I was putting out came back to me and this lady comes in and she starts like, she, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm full on into it. She goes up to my amp and I'm sort of looking out of the, the side of my eye. She's playing with the knobs on my amp. And I, I'm thinking this lady's just, you know, uh, part of my French, a bitch. And she's like, you know, you suck. And she's trying to turn me down. It gets more violent. You know, my my tremolo is going crazy. I'm playing through it. And so this this lady finally, she just like shoves over my amp. And it like the reverb chamber just lets out this like crazy noise. I'm just like, oh no, like this is my this is my good amp. And um this lady subsequently I looked, there's actually a clip of it on YouTube. Um I, I, luckily I got this on video. So I looked and she has one of those uh, ankle bracelets on for house arrest. So this was like a crazy tweaker lady, you know, that got out of her house on house arrest and came, she wasn't even in the bar. She came off the street. And so, so I'm like, you know, why I was just genuinely like, what just happened? You know, why did you do that? She's like, you called me hound dog. Like she thought I was talking to her. The Elvis Presley song. Oh, so that was that was one that was one pretty good story. Hey, that's more evidence that you're a mental health advocate. Gotta love that long beat <laughs> mental illness. There you go. Dick. <laughs> I can't believe I miss the California craziness, man. Y'all y'all are out there doing the crazy shit. Are you originally from LA? Are you originally from that area? I yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's like never you like you never meet these people. You people don't exist because it's such a transplant place especially for musicians like finding somebody who's actually like from socal that's like not good for you wow look at you you're rare you're a rare person over here uh is that a is that an x-files poster behind you there there you go yeah yeah my friend got to see david duchovny open for green day last year and he kept sending me videos uh if you haven't seen david duchovny's band which you I, probably, did you even terrible. know yeah, did you? I, I did. I did. Um, it's horrible. Yeah, yeah, it is. 
<laughs> I, I just I think when you have that much money, you can just do whatever you want, you know, and people will buy the name. Yep. More more power to him. If, if he wants to get up there and sing with that voice, you know, he can do it. But um, you know, when you're when you're Fox Mulder uh and Hank Moody, you know, that's kind of a standard of excellence. I think he's also a writer. Uh like he's trying to write books and stuff. But no, the X Files is a classic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We uh we had Kevin Costner come here and play recently. I didn't know he was in a band either. I could see Kevin Costner being a decent like country musician, but I have no idea. That's about right. I didn't go see it, but yeah, that's that's about what it was. Kevin Costner and I don't know the Boot Scooters or something. Do you have any other covers that you like to play? I, I to- I'm totally with you on the I don't like playing covers. I've done it. I've been in cover bands before. You got to do what you got to do. Some of them are yeah. better than others, especially like the last one I was in, we were doing, uh, oh God, what's the blame it all on my boots, friends in low places, stuff like that. And I was just like, that is so not me. I have to be like, mm-hmm. uh. but yeah, any covers that you do yeah. like or don't like? Yeah, no, uh, that's the thing about covers. You want to find the ones that you genuinely enjoy playing. Um, but I understand if you're in a cover band and you're trying to, you know, make your rent or whatever, like you're going to play what they want you to play. So no, no, you know, no harm with that, but the matter, and you've got original music, at least in my case, um, in my case, I, it sounds better when I'm playing my original music, it's just better. Um, but I do love to play covers, um, generally blues music, um, love as of more recently, I got into the fifties, Buddy Holly, Elvis, that kind of stuff, which was before the, you know, chronologically that was before. Well, not necessarily. I got into Robert Johnson and that early kind of finger style blues. Um, but that's from the thirties. So I really, really like Robert Johnson. I, I went through a time, you know, 2019-ish kind of thing where I was going to blues jams around town and um also like open mic kind of shit. And I I'd 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 sit down and do like a Robert Johnson song. And um you know that that was pretty fun. Um yeah so generally lean towards blues music and um yeah. Yeah, if you find yourself in East Tennessee on a Wednesday night, I just started a blues jam with a bunch of guys. So, and and nobody's showing up. So, it's a house band playing for three hours, which is just great. I love it. Love blues jam for three hours every Wednesday night. So, please come and take over if if you ever find yourself in East Tennessee. Uh, How was COVID for you as a musician? Just curious. What was that like? Real fast. So, is this a jam you run or is this. What is this blues jam? Tell me about this blues jam. Yeah, it's uh, we had like a two, three week trial period with the owners of this bar and they were like, it's too loud the first two times. And then all my friends who were musicians, when I told them about the blues jam, they were like, did they did you have an issue with the volume at that place? Because I won't play there anymore. I'm like, oh, okay." so they do this to everybody interesting (laughs) and we solved the problem we're running pretty much everything into a pa and no individual amps drums are like the only like thing getting like louder than not in the pa anyways yeah it's just this blues jam that me and three other people are doing i don't run it my friend does but 
I'm the guitar player for now until, you know, we can actually get more people who come and I don't have to play three hours a night. I am getting paid. I'm not complaining. It's a lot of fun. Great practice. Love ripping these solos. I'm listening to all kinds of songs that, you know, it's like my my dad loves the blues. And I grew up with my dad listening to it all the time. So I've always just kind of written it off as my dad's music. So it's actually kind of nice getting to, like, play it. Um, Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah. But, yeah, how was COVID for you as a musician? Um, COVID was, you know, really good because it gave me some time to focus and finish some stuff that, um, needed or not need to be finished, but it just kind of was a great sort of, um, catalyst, um, for, for my musical career because it led to me doing my first album, Mm -hmm. um, Long story short, I was recording a different album at the time, which I thought was going to be my first album. Um, It was a bit of a commute to get to this studio, and um, it was taking forever to finish. So I was like months and months into this project that I thought was going to be my first album. And then when COVID happened, I couldn't continue work on that. And that was like a nightmare because I was trying so hard to finish it. And... um, So because I couldn't, you know, I had all this kind of pent up energy of, you know, already wanting to finish this, this other album. Um, I was like, I kind of had to go somewhere and basically it led to me finishing some stuff that ended up being my first album. And this, um, this other album that I thought was going to be my first, I had to just, uh, throw it out. I did end up finishing it after COVID, but just didn't work. Um, and it was kind of a godsend that I had, you know, I guess looking back at it, that I, that everything happened the way it did, because I was able to finish something and kind of get, get my thing together. So it was good for me. Sick, sick. Um, it's kind of funny you say that about the, you were recording one album and then ended up recording a completely different one. Cause it, it, it happens yeah. sometimes and COVID was a great time for that. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the thing about this podcast. We, This was me and a friend and actually a bunch of my friends. We started this in high school and then we didn't fucking like follow through. And I, California was just where I ended up. I, I traveled the U.S. living out of my car kind of deliberately on like one of those weird white guy hippie jam band soul searching things. Did that for a couple of years and then was like, yeah, I got to go to California because that's that's where it's at, man. Uh <laughs> Oh boy. Well, uh, I could, I wasn't really doing the podcast at that point. Uh, I was getting fucked up and hanging out at my friend's apartment in, uh, in West LA a lot. And we were kind of recording that, but that wasn't really a podcast. And then during COVID zoom became a thing. So we were able to like really revive it. And then I wasn't sure what we were going to do. Like we tried a bunch of different things. And like the reason we even started this podcast is we're all musicians with a bunch of recording equipment. Like I got all kinds of stuff. So we were like, might as well. Everybody's got one. And then I kind of this year was tired of like, I had a bunch of interviews last year with a bunch of randos and we're we're about to do it again with a bunch of randos. So you're actually my first interview of the, the season right now. So thanks for being on here. But I was like, what can I, like I said, I, I'm, I'm not really into it as much, but 
what I wanted to do was make an open source music platform for musicians. So basically, instead of me just plugging my own stuff and, hey, listen to all these beats I made on Reaper when I was 15, like, I'm going to put it out there, see who wants to send me their stuff, and let's see who can feature it. And so far, we've run this whole year on people all over the place's stuff. My tactic has been going to different Craigslists and posting ads for it. Like, so I pick a different city every week. Some cities, they take me down. Some days they take me up. Otherwise, I pull from my network that I personally know, or uh, sometimes just shit falls in my lap. I'm pretty sure you found me on Craigslist, probably. Yeah, I saw I saw an ad. I was doing a PR campaign, thinking that getting on. And that's how it came. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I guess. My only last question for you, because it kind of ties in with your PR campaign thing there, is like, so what was networking like for you with other musicians? Did you find any like meaningful relationships with anybody? Have you found any like long lasting or maybe even mentorships with other musicians around? Or has has it just been kind of like you meet somebody, it is what it is, and you just kind of keep going and like, oh, hey, I know that guy. No, I've never been one for you know, the whole thing of just playing with guys and you're not really buddies with them, but you play music together. I kind of liked to be friends with the guys that I play music with. Um, that started really, that started my, 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 um, first year of college. Um, I went to, uh, Barcelona, Spain and, um, just happened that the place I was living there, um, I had, you know, some guys that are ended up being some of my closest friends that were living in the same hostel as I was. Mm -hmm. And um, so, um, yeah, you know, still keep in touch with those guys. Uh, love those guys. Nice. Um, got a new new group together. Um, unfortunately, you know, people live in different places. And uh, as you know, logistics and just life uh pulls people in different directions so uh, at the moment i'm um i've got a new new uh four piece group together including myself uh, as one of the four pieces and um nice. we're rehearsing again uh later this afternoon here and uh got a gig coming up on tuesday um which we're at it's um in a bar called Cinema Bar in Culver City. I'm not not I never played there. Don't really uh, know much about it, but um, we'll we'll see. And and you know it's a uh, it's on a Tuesday night, so we're just kind of breaking in the new the new group. But uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, look! If you could pack fifty people in that place on Tuesday night, what you would make in tips is going to be crazy. Think about it. <laughs> and you have hella pull if you can pull 50 people on a Tuesday night. Speaking of, do you have, where can people find you? Are you on the websites? Do you have a website? Do you, uh, you got a Venmo? You Where can people donate to your cause for just pennies a day? Uh, you can check me out on Spotify, all the Apple music, all the streaming platforms. Um, Got got and at least I have my first album up there and then uh soon to be another single. Um which will be the second single off of my next album. You can basically just search my name on Google 
and it should come up with all the different all the different stuff that that you would need uh, as far as like social media and all that. You are very Googleable. Well, thanks for your time. I appreciate you. Glad. Uh, yeah, glad. Uh, glad we could connect over some of the stuff. Yeah, man. All right, cool. Uh, have fun at rehearsal. Thanks, man. All the best to you. Thanks. See ya.